Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin, and uh, if you're hearing a little hum, it's not just you. It is uh, me. I'm actually doing a 3D print. So I apologize for that, but I'm not going to stop it. Sorry. Um, so sorry, not sorry. Um, I hope you all are having a good week. Let's see if I can get Jared on the line here in a second. How's it going? Good. You doing all right, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. <laughs> good. Um, so winners and losers. Um, I joked last week that I was going to give Jared covid through the podcast and uh, i guess i did even though i haven't <laughs> tested or anything for covid so yeah yeah this is funny i mean it, this i was doing the podcast a week ago and I've, I've honestly felt fine the only thing that felt off is that i had like some sinus congestion but I, after i slept a week ago i woke up thursday morning and my sinuses were opening again but yet i couldn't smell anything like i put deodorant up to my face i put soap up to my face i basically sprayed air freshener in my face and i couldn't smell any of it so i was like well crap so i went and got tested immediately and sure enough it came back positive so uh, see when uh my coworker's son got sick with covid he had symptoms before his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so his whole thing was, he's like, I can't smell anything. I can't smell anything. And he was freaking out. Of course, he's a hypochondriac, but, mm-hmm. you know, that's understandable. Um, but the funny thing is, is we were all just kind of blowing it off. We're like, he's a hypochondriac. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> so he, he had his son tested. He was positive. You know, I think his son, and of course, we didn't get the results for a few days, so he had to stay home. Um, And then that Thursday, he got the results. He said, yeah, he's he's positive, so he's isolating, blah, blah, blah. And his son took it to the extreme. Of course, he's a high schooler. Uh, He's a senior in high school, so he and he's hypochondriac. So, like, they would take food up to his room, and he would just stay in the room, and they would leave, and then he'd come and open the door, which... I mean, I guess that's the best way to do it, but at the I same time. I mean, that's time, what I've done this entire week. I've done the exact same thing. I Honestly, like, if a whole family gets it, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know? know? Like, as far as groceries and stuff, I mean. I mean, thankfully, I've had a lot of people offer to get us groceries and stuff like that. Because, I mean, my parents, they've still been isolating for the most part, too. My dad, he took a test. He's negative, so he'll be able to work tomorrow. Uh, that's good. Yeah, and they're, they're both feeling good. They're fine. I mean, Of course, your I, parents are older, too, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not taking any chances whatsoever. Like, I've stayed in my room except to just to go to the bathroom and to watch football on Sunday night to see the playoffs. I watched one game. Like, whenever I go out of my room, I wear a mask just to be safe. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, honest, of course, at work, we've had we've had a couple of people who have passed away with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one person who passed away, I'm not going to mention names, but his son is politically able to do things. I'll say that um, he got his dad out of the hospital with COVID and brought him home and had him on hospice care. Wow. And his dad passed away at home. And of course, you know, him and the doctor kind of got into it. And the doctor's like, well, I strongly encourage you not to do this. And he's like, well, he said, are you encouraging me? Or are you telling me I can't do it? And so the doctor never said, no, you can't do it. So he ended up doing it. Um, but as a, uh, not really healthcare, but what we call death care professional, um, I have to go in with full PPE. So I'm wearing gloves. Basically, as soon as I get in the vehicle, I wear a uh, KN95, not the N95, but the KN95. Oh, wow. I'm wearing eyewear, um, and I have a gown that I wear over my outer clothes. Um, Once I go in the room with the person with COVID. Now, the bad thing of this is, is that you have to delay the funeral for the amount of time because that whole, those family members have been exposed. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So, you know, you've got that whole situation to deal with. And then, uh, so we, you know, you've got 
10 to 14 days of them quarantining, you know, depending on how long, you know, they've been exposed, blah, blah, blah. If they test positive, they don't test positive. I'm just, I'll be glad when this is all behind us and we can just go, eh. But I mean, it's so weird. I mean, thankfully, I mean, my whole experience with COVID is that I just had really mild symptoms. Like I couldn't smell, I couldn't taste and things things like that. But I mean, one of my my friends is in the, he had to go to the ER the other day because he is having such awful complications like headaches that were throbbing. He couldn't warm up no matter how many blankets he had on him. His fever was like 102. Now, who is this? Go back one more time. It's one of my friends. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yes, but okay. So this just in, uh, for those of you who are just now turning it, tuning in, Mr. Hilltopper, um, he's the one. He's asking right now. He's like, "Wait, what? What?" Uh, so Jared's tested positive for COVID nineteen. This is yeah. our exclusive interview with a, a Southern Kentucky resident who has COVID, and <laughs> it's not so bad. Well, I'm also extremely healthy and 27. I mean, for someone that's older and maybe has some pre-existing conditions, it's definitely no joke. I mean, you need you don't you need to take it seriously. It's possible. Oh, everybody I completely does. agree. Don't yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that you shouldn't take it seriously, um, but luckily you're in an age group that you're okay. I actually um, overheard a conversation um, at uh, my place of work uh, between a doctor in a prominent hospital in Louisville and a gentleman. And he said when COVID first came out or was first, you know, kind of hitting the hitting in this area, they were having 40 year olds dying. Oh, wow. And they could not figure out why. And I don't know if that's changed or what, but you know, people, depending on your age, you think 40 is old, but 40 compared to 80 is different. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of 40 and I'm like, you know, a 40 year old should not be dying of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's scary. I mean, it, there's so many different factors that could go into whether or not you have a mild case or not have a mild case. And there's no way to know until you get it. Yeah. It's a scary thing. Like, I mean, I was worried. I mean, when I first tested positive, I mean, I felt fine. And I mean, I was like, well, what if I go to bed and I start having difficulty breathing or my fever goes up just unexpectedly? I mean, it's just the anxiety part of it, too. I'm yeah. also wondering if, if, I've, if I've given it to my parents unknowingly or anything like that. I mean, that's see, that's the, factor. that's the part that scares me. Yeah. It's not necessarily that I get sick, but that I make someone else sick. Yeah. You know, my my grandparents, you know, my parents my blah 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 you know someone older than myself gets it and i mean worst case you know they die from it and then i've got to live with live with that guilt yeah um of course your family's healthy and i'm so glad of that you know prayers for that but um you know i will say though i mean for any of our listeners if you get stuck in quarantine i'm basically like the michael jordan of being in quarantine like i have (laughs) I have the greatest set. Of, I am the greatest of all time when it comes to this. I could stay in my room and not leave for years. Years. I, like I've literally been playing RuneScape. I, I I got on the RuneScape <laughs> kick again, just like in high school. There so, you go. And I'm I went from level three yesterday when I started to level thirty already. So I've literally done nothing else except that all day. I mean, I've watched movies and played <laughs> guitar and so many other random things. I mean, I could I can live in isolation the rest of my life if I had to. And I know a lot of good things to do if you were to get COVID. I hope none of you ever get it. But, I mean, as far as eating, cheese puffs have been my saving grace. I don't know what I would do without my cheese puffs, like the Cheeto cheese puffs. Because (laughs) when you can't smell or taste anything, the only thing you can really taste is whether something is salty or whether it's sweet. Like the way that one of my friends who had COVID before me described the lack of taste to me, is like if you take like an orange and you put some wa- pour some water over it, like and put that into a bottle, like Lacroix water or whatever. Like you don't taste the actual flavor; you just taste something that would almost resemble the flavor, but isn't very strong. But cheese puffs are one of the few things that were salty enough that I could taste them, and also they're just really crunchy too. So I, I will tell you, after my parents had COVID, the health department said that they would bring groceries if they needed them like the, the health department basically is going above and beyond because they're like 
you know, they're, you know, they're obviously wanting you to stay at home, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and they told my parents flat out, if you need anything from a prescription to this, to that, your groceries, you know, you call us and we will take care and of it. And the crazy thing for me, my case at least, is that I haven't gotten a phone call from the health department at all. Like, really? I don't know what's up with that. I have other friends that have gotten calls from them, but I mean, I, I put my number on that piece of paper. I don't know where they're at. But, Did you um, have to sign anything? Well, I mean, just all the things to. You will stay at home, blah, 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 right? Well, I mean, they don't give you paperwork after you test positive, at least what's what I did. I went to one of the urgent care facilities in Franklin and got one of the rapid tests. And I just stayed in the waiting room after I filled out all the paperwork. They take you back, give you the test, which I, I was expecting it to be worse. Thank, it actually yeah. didn't burn that much. It was fun. But, I mean, considering it only takes 15 minutes for the results, I just stay in the little uh, doctor's area space just waiting and then they come back with your test results and just kind of explain to you what's next and everything. I mean, they said that the health department may call and text you. <laughs> so but, it's like you were pregnant or something, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, <laughs> it, it's like Maury or whatever. It's all dramatic. And then they get yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you gotta be, yeah, you gotta be like the dads to be like, Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I knew for sure I had it though, because I, I know my body pretty well and my sense of taste and smell just basically disappearing that was bad. So, but I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep thinking of all these little memes and things that people, you know, people are like, you know, have your spouse fart and fart in your face or something, you know, <laughs> so you know if you have it or not. And I'm just like, good gosh, this is what we've come to. We've got to sniff farts just to make sure we're good. There's plenty um, of other things that you can smell. Besides <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, but no. Um, it is scary. I am glad I didn't give it to my parents. There is a lot of conspiracy theories out there as oh, to what's God. happening next. And I'm not talking about like all the Chinese or anything like that. I'm talking about, um, I have heard some people think that it will affect your insurance in the, you know, next five, 10 years or whatever. Um, you know, it'll be a question pops up. Did you have COVID-19 because oh, they don't really know what will, what's going to happen. You know, like one thing I plan on doing maybe in a month or two is going to the doctor and having to check up and just take a look at my lungs and make sure they're all right. Because there are a few little it's almost like someone just kind of stabs your lung with like a little needle. Like I had a little bit of that, but not like a lot. And it's only for just like a little bit. It wasn't something that was just agonizing or anything like that. So, I mean, it's still probably worth checking out and just having to follow up to make sure everything's OK. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Now, have you had the fatigue? Uh, the fatigue is what I've no, heard is the worst. I didn't have any of that. I mean, okay. I was still walking around. Another thing I did in quarantine, even into my room, I would get up, I'd watch stuff for maybe an hour or two hours, and then walk around my room, do some push-ups and jog in place a little bit, just try to get my blood flowing and make sure that I'm still staying active or else I'm going to be so sore when I go back to work. No, oh, no kidding, man. I mean, and like I told you, uh, kind of in our group chat that I think moving is the biggest thing because if you're laying still, you know, you leave yourself wide open to pneumonia and, you know, fluid and, so, and stuff and like see, that. That's the thing that's a double-edged sword about COVID is that, I mean, it, you want to stay active, but yet when you do have the fatigue, like some people have yeah. experienced, I mean, you don't want to get up and start walking around. It'll be hard just to walk to your door and back. My mother, um, I think I called her. She called me. I don't remember at one point when she had COVID and of course she's, I think it's, you know, it's like noon, you know, it's like one o'clock my time. It's noon her time. And she's still in bed. And I was like, you got to get up. You can't just lay there. Cause that's all I'm thinking is, you know, she's going to get pneumonia, blah, blah, blah. Cause and the worst part is, is you see all these horror stories and TV shows you know, you know, all these medical shows and all these, basically everything on TV right now, you know, if it's reality based, you know, hospital, firefighters, cops, whatever, you know, all, you know, you get COVID and then they're like, oh, he's dying. He's oxygen. And it's like, wait a second. You know, there are people who are not having symptoms like that. Yeah. Cause I will say at least for all the younger people out there listening, if you feel any type of sinus congestion, 
that still may be a sign to be a little bit concerned because that was the only indicator of anything that I had wrong was just like some sinus issues. And then my sense of smell basically disappeared right after that, along with my sense of taste. But I never had the cough. I never had the fever or fatigue or shortness of breath or any of that. I mean, the only thing that I had was just like the sinus part of it. Excuse me. The worst part for me is every year I will get at least a sinus infection. Yeah. So, and it, and it, uh, eight months of the year, my nose is stopped up. So I'm walking around with all these symptoms going, do I have it? <laughs> you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, it, you just, I don't know. It, I have not easiest felt. Way, easiest way to get peace of mind is just to go get a COVID test. That's true. And my wife, um, you know, God bless her. She, uh, when she felt ill, uh, right around the same time as uh, his name's Mike, the coworker of mine, uh, she felt ill right after that, um, and she went and got her test. She went and got tested, and I, I did not because I had not been in contact with him for the previous week, and I did. I was not sick. Um, mm-hmm. She got tested. She was negative. So, you know, knock on wood, it was just a cold or whatever, uh, but you got to be sure. And that's, that's, you know, that's the best part is making sure that you're healthy and you're not spreading this to anybody else. Um, but yes, we have an exclusive with someone who has COVID. So, uh, just want to make sure we're getting all the papers to prove it now. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I do think it's funny that the health department really hadn't been in contact with you because, um, like Mike, my coworker, he, um, he had to sign a piece of paper. I will not go anywhere. I will stay at home for so many days. Blah, blah, blah. And of course, you know, he's he's a conspiracy nut. Oh, God. So he's like, I'm not signing it. I'm not signing it. I'm like, dude, just sign the paper. You know, you know, if something happens and you do have to go somewhere, that's fine. But, you know, and I'm not saying like grocery or going out in public, but, you know, you got to go to the hospital or something like that or you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, there, you have to judge it by your situation and you have to be safe and make, and think of other people, which is the hardest thing for people nowadays. But, um, the thing is, I haven't set foot out of my house this entire time, but I didn't receive any type of paperwork like that. They basically said like, you need to self isolate. (laughs) If you start having shortness of breath and having struggles breathing, that's when you need to go to the emergency room, just like your kind of stuff that you would anticipate. And I mean, I've just been sitting on my bed for the past uh, 90 something hours. (laughs) Oh my gosh, man. So how many, so, so it's been, it'll be a week next tomorrow. Yeah. So you're good until what Monday? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't know how your 10 days fell. So, mm-hmm. um, now I will say Mike, um, he, he had the difficulty breathing. Um, and I know that oh, Monday or Tuesday, he, he was, he's really sick, fatigue, had a horrible cough. And of course he's, uh, 50, he'll be 58 in uh, March. So yeah, I did that math on the fly. He, uh, (laughs) way to go Allen County. Um, (laughs) so he'll be 58 in March. And you know, when he had this deep liquid sounding cough, which I know it's probably nasty to some people. Um, I told him, I said, dude, you need to get tested. And he's like, I'm just so tired. I'm like, that's another symptom. Well, I got this cough. That's another symptom. (laughs) You know, it's just like, Dude, go. It's fine. You know, I mean, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? You go I mean, to the, they tell you to stay home. You're already staying is, home. This is what people need to realize. I mean, you don't need to think that you're invincible during all of this. Because even though if you're lucky and you're like me and you get COVID and you don't really have any major symptoms, like you still need to be careful and just make sure that you're taking all the right steps not to spread it anymore. Or, I mean, if you're having symptoms, don't try to just downplay it and be like, oh, it's just a sinus infection or, oh, I just have a cold. I was outside a lot yesterday or anything like that. I mean, at least just go get a test to make sure. Because, I mean, if you have friends and family that are older have 
medical problems. That's not very smart. It might be no. Yes, completely agree. You don't want to be responsible for, you know, a family member or somebody else, you know, getting sick. And at the same point, you don't want to make somebody else sick who gives it to their grandparent. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, and that's what I told my wife when this whole thing started. It's so hard to tell. You know, you you go into a, a medical building and they say, "Have you been in contact with anybody who has had COVID?" Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, you don't know. That's the thing. And yeah. another thing with with me is that I still don't know where I got it because I don't. There weren't any coworkers that I had, or friends, or family that were close to me that have had COVID at the same time as when I got it. So I don't know where it could have came from. Now here's I mean, the thing. I probably blame it on Nashville and work just for the yes. fact that I mean Tennessee is like a hellhole with COVID right now. Yes, exactly. Now that's the thing too. They say the virus can live for you know so many. I want to say like four or five days. <laughs> it can. It'll live for four or five days on a surface. So you know. What if somebody coughed on their car or their credit card and you're taking money at the register? Yeah. You know, and unknowingly you, you rubbed your eye or you did Mm -hmm. something else or, you know, there's so many different avenues that it could come into effect. Um, I mean, I wash my hands at at least every 30 minutes at work, but I mean, there's still with so many transactions that we have. I mean, it's still hard even between those breaks of washing your hands. I I mean, honestly, they need – it's not going to happen now, but they need to build a wall around Tennessee and just let it go. Just let <laughs> honestly, it go. Honestly, they, they should have done that before COVID in my opinion. I agree. Yes, completely agree. Um, yes, Mr. Hilltopper is reminding us that we have um, we have topped 400,000 today uh, that have passed away from COVID-19. Yeah, um, and that's a really sad – that's really sad. So um, – it just it it's just it's really sad i mean there's nothing else to say about it and mm-hmm. part of my other issue with the field of work i'm in is even if an individual does not have covid the doctor will still put it on there as a contributing factor to their death and it's like mm-hmm. did it really you know i know yeah. i talked i preached on this last week so i'll get off of it but uh, but <sighs> I'm sorry, they're getting a kickback on this. That's all I'm saying. Um, so anyway, let's get into our winners and losers. Jared is a uh, winner because he's sitting at home playing RuneScape. Uh, loser because <laughs> he's got COVID. Um, I do have a loser, though. Let's hear your loser. I have to go with Tennessee, not just the state in general, although they could generally be my loser every week, but specifically <laughs> their athletic department. Just all of the allegations with what they were doing, and of course, Phil Fulmer and Jeremy Pruitt both being out. I think, man, it's just a dumpster fire. And even though your cousin Todd is his name has been tossed <laughs> around as one of the candidates, I sure hope he doesn't go back to UT for anything. I, I mean, it's I agree. crazy, and just like the whole putting cash in like the McDonald's bags thing. I mean, that's <laughs> so crazy, dude. I'd like to supersize that any day. Oh, yeah, um, but um. You know, will Todd leave and go to Tennessee? I don't know. I would hope not with, like you said, the dumpster fire they've got going right now. But, I mean, basketball is still good, though. Rick Barnes, and I mean, he's a good coach, and that's a pretty good program still. But, like, at the same point, though, like, I, I think it, it could be a possibility that Todd would go for it. I think it depends on the money, and I think a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, Mr. Hilltopper is kind of echoing that. We got to keep Todd. I, Todd Stewart is a very important and an integral part to this program's success over the, what has he been in charge? What, 11 years now? Yeah. 12 years almost? Somewhere around. Um, because I think he came in in 2011. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think he came in about 11 or so. And uh, he's, I mean, since that time, you know, basketball's had success. Football's had success. You know, I mean, volleyball continues to be volleyball. You at Western, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think if he gets, if they offer him some money, I think Western's got to come up with some. I don't think they're we can match Tennessee by any means, but I think you got to be at least able to try and match something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that's hard to do in, in, in these times as bad as that saying is now. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at his leadership, I mean, that's why we were still able to have all of our sports go on without a hinge and with all of the COVID issues too. It's because he was continually working to find different teams to play and having to rework the schedule like 50 times to have opponents. Well, a lot of universities, they just completely missed out on those games. So, yeah. I mean, you got to respect that kind of leadership. Um, so we do have some news in football. Uh, your boy, Kavaris Thomas, uh, has transferred to, um, is that Iowa? Yeah, or, a junior college. Iowa Central. Um, so we wish him luck there. All the best uh, to our Madden giant football player. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I hated that he transferred. I understand why he transferred because, you know, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, I got to get back into my tab here. Um Sorry, I'm just kind of scrolling through. Uh, Yeah, and we talked about uh, Todd leaving, uh, or possibility of Todd leaving. Um, And like I said, at the last reunion, he, you know, said if the money was right, he's gone, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, somebody listening is going to be like, oh my gosh, he's saying that reunion? Yeah, let's put this Uh, out there. Yeah, you do that. Let's see how your uh, journalistic integrity works out for you. Um, so Lady Tops, we'll start with them. They played, uh, Marshall on the 14th at six o'clock Eastern. And I think, yeah, they were at, they were at, at Huntington. I'm sorry. And, uh, they lost 81 to 54. I'm sorry, but let's see here. Let's see. I'm trying to do the, the time wise, uh, Western did not score in the first few minutes of the game until 6.45 in the first. And at that point, Marshall already had an eight-point lead. Mm-hmm. It was 10-2. to two. And it just kept going and going and going. And, ob- and I mean, obviously, starting at the second, uh, well, I hate how girls basketball does this. Uh, start of the, the third quarter, uh, Marshall just started pulling away, and then the fourth quarter they just kept accelerating. Um, Marshall is not that good in this conference so far. There is no reason for this. Um, and right here, I'm going to tell you, uh, here are the the biggest stats that affected Western's game. Three-point percentage and turnovers. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the men's team. <laughs> well, the men aren't shooting this bad. Women shot 16.7% from three. Mm, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's not even two out of ten. That's less. That's like that's, one and a half out of ten. That's, that's what we awful. shoot. That's how the men shoot against Louisville, at least the past four or five years. That is true. And by the way, for those of you who are listening locally, Louisville's women's basketball team was number one. Uh, I got a text the other day from a local news group who's reporting that, and I was like, wow, that's pretty good. Kind of helps Westerns. Um, oh wait, we lost them. Never mind. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so the other stats that really hurt, but don't uh, our field goal percentage overall was thirty eight point nine, and I'm sure the three points going to screw that up. And then a rebounds, we had thirty seven to Marshall's thirty five. So at least we're going for the boards. We just got to go. We just got to get better at shooting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they still won the second game, 69-62. Yes. So that was a good win. Yes. So the split is good in some aspects, for at least for this part of Western's gaming. Um, but, you know, we just got to – we've got to turn this season around for the women um, because I think Western's women are a lot better than what they're playing at. <sighs> it's just kind of depressing, you know, um, to see them playing like this. Uh, and like you said – Western's women uh, actually came out on the 17th, which was Sunday. I guess it's because they were on TV, right? They were on ESPN Plus, for those of you who uh, were unable to watch. Um, and, okay, can you say her name? Uh, Renee El Jadawe. Okay, because I was going to butcher that all kind of backwoods Kentucky sounding. Uh, so, <laughs> so we went from shooting... 
38% to shooting 43.4% mm-hmm. from the field. And then our three-point percentage went up 22, almost 23%. We shot 38 from three. That is crazy, the turnaround. Of course, we were at home, which will, I mean, I'm sure that helps a lot. Um, and we had less turnovers. We had 19. And then rebounds, we had 36. That is, as one of my buddies would say, that is how you should play basketball right there, mm-hmm. ladies. That is a good game. If you played like that the rest of the season, you'd be nice. You'd be on top of everything. Um, so for the first three, four minutes there in the first quarter, uh, Western was kind of back and forth with Marshall. They pull away in the first. They pull away a little bit more. Beginning of the third, Marshall caught up. And then towards the end, with about two minutes to go, Marshall tried to catch back up, and Western just accelerated on through. Uh, but – Congratulations, Lady Tops. Y'all need to keep that up all season. And can we also appreciate the fact that the men and women in the second game both scored 69 points as their totals? Yes, that is. Nice. (laughs) That is very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Let me pull up. Okay, so Lady Tops play MTSU on the 22nd. So... On Friday at 7 o'clock, uh, let me see if this is a televised, ESPN Plus. So check that out. Uh, you can definitely watch that. Support the Lady Tops. I'm sure they will appreciate it. And then on Saturday at 7 o'clock, they're on ESPN Plus again. Mm-hmm. And for the love of God, ESPN Plus, do not get MTSU announcers. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. You know, and, and you know what would, wouldn't be bad is if they got, you know, a former WNBA player, former yeah. coach, you know, like all the other networks do it. Just do that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have the guy off ESPN, the Ocho, than have somebody from MTSU. <laughs> I know. It's just so one-sided, and it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. I just, honestly, I got to turn off the volume because I get so, more aggravated. Like, if we're losing and they're, you know <sighs> – and they're promoting MTSU or doing this or doing that. I just, I can't, I got to walk away. I, I mean, surely, I mean, I don't know what Reggie Upshaw or Giddy Potts or any of those old school MTSU guys are doing now, but I mean, they could do something like that too. So, like what Brandon Dowdy's doing now. Yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah. Congrats to Brandon for that. Um, MTSU and Charlotte are sitting at the top of the East right now, and Rice is sitting on the top of the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte's four zero. I don't know how many games they've actually played. Oh, five and four. So they played nine games overall. They've lost. They've won one outside of uh, conference play. And then, of course, Middle um, is seven and four overall, five and one in conference. And Western is actually two games back, and they're kind of tied with Florida International right now for the East uh, for second. So. Uh, I don't know if, you know, with losing Eldegawe was as big of a thing for us. I think it was. I mean, I think it's a huge thing, but I don't think oh, it yeah. should have been. I mean, she's our senior leader and our leading point scorer. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, but we got to have somebody else step up, too. I mean, we well, just can't I mean, expect. We have, like, the Ali Colite. I know she's been doing pretty good. I think Hope Sinari, I think that's how, her name. I can't remember. I know both of them are younger ones. They're <laughs> freshmen. I mean, they're getting there. I mean, if we can have them step up and hopefully get a good recruiting class in next season, maybe they'll transfer to. I mean, we'll see. Hey, you know, honestly, I'm not worried about transfers. As far as the women goes, if – as long as, you know, we've got freshmen stepping up, I can look forward to next year, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. that just means that these freshmen are going to be even better next year. Sorry, I had to uh, hit the cough thing. And um, the freshmen are going to be even better next year and then the next year and then the next year. <sighs> you got to build on success. And, you know, to get that dynasty, you got to push yourself. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not saying do it like that Texas Southwestern or whatever they were. Um, wasn't it Texas Southern that used to play all the big schools a few years back? I think so. Did, are they still doing that? I'm gonna have uh, to look this know. up now. Now I got to look this up. But um, before I change it, uh, looks like uh, 
the girls are going to be playing on ESPN Plus. So check that out on Friday night and Saturday. If you got a little girl, pull up the game for her. Let her watch. Um, I think it is so important for young women to have role models like that. Uh, let's see if I can look up Texas Southern and keep talking at the same time. <laughs> I think it is Texas Southern. Yes. Okay, so for those of you who don't remember, no, they're not doing that this year. Uh, a few years back, this team called Texas Southern Tigers played like the top 10 teams in basketball. Just bam, 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 bam. And uh, this year they don't. They got Oklahoma State, SMC, Auburn, BYU, Southern Cal. Well, actually, they do have some pretty good teams scheduled. They do have your Wyoming. Uh, yes. Jack of Balls or whatever they were. The <laughs> Cowboys. Cowboys, okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember what the song was, though. <laughs> it was uh, Ragtime Cowboy Joe. There you go. Um, so they are playing Southern. They got, um, oh, who's this? Alcorn State. I think that's actually in their conference. No. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, but they do have, they've got Auburn, they got BYU, and they got Southern Cal. Oklahoma mm -hmm. State are kind of the bigger ones that I've seen thus far on their schedule. But you're not here to listen to Texas Southern. You, I just wanted to see if they were still doing that gauntlet that they've been doing in the years past. Yeah. It's sort of like what we would do in football, though. I mean, we would do the same thing, going to Alabama and Florida and all those places, LSU. Yeah, but we didn't play, you know, like let's say the Florida and then play Alabama and then play Tennessee. You know, that's – and that's what they're basically their non-con was, and it was just ridiculous how. At least you would get to them. conference play, and then you would be like, "Well, these people suck. We got a chance." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you get beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that works. Um, Maybe. Eh, it's all fair. It's fine. All right. Dang it! Did I close out of that one? I don't think I did. Uh, but anyway, so uh, scooting over to boys, we've got the uh, men playing Marshall. And for those of you who do not know, Western did not split for the first time in forever. I guess I guess I had to call them out on it. Is that, is that how it worked? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. That's what it was. Okay. We'll just go with that. Um, it's the 17th game. Let me make sure I can get Okay. There we go. Wait, that's not the right. All right you know what? Sometimes just things do not cooperate, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Is that the right game I'm looking for? Yes, okay. So on the 15th, Western played Marshall and won 81-73. to 73. I mean, they played really well. Um, the guys played well. Uh, turnovers was a different story. Mm -hmm. 46 rebounds to Marshall's 29. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, I mean, that's all. When Bassey's got almost 20 rebounds by himself, um, he's got 11 defensive and eight, you know, offensive rebounds. And, um, you know, our field goal percentage, we're shooting almost 50%, which is amazing. And then three pointers, we're almost shooting 40%. We're shooting 37. Of course, Marshall was shooting 39, so that's keeping them in it. Um, I honestly think if they'd hit the boards a little harder, I think they could have. They could have taken us because I mean, look, we had twenty turnovers. Marshall had thirteen. You just you can't do that. You got to get you know, got to take care of the ball. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, did you uh, did you watch the game? Yeah, I mean, at least if there was one good thing about me getting COVID is that I didn't have to work and I actually got to see the games for once. So that was kind of nice. There you but, go. Yeah. I mean, the first game I thought was pretty good. I mean, other than, like you said, with the turnovers, I mean, we seemed to handle them pretty well. I mean, they didn't have an answer for Bassey at all. They didn't have a Pinova or someone of that caliber that could stop him from just completely going off in the paint for both games. So, I mean, it was definitely promising to be able to go to Huntington and sweep the herd. And Well, I mean, of course, winning in, in Diddle for the first wow, game, too. Wow, very nice. Wow, <laughs> hey, very nice. Couldn't couldn't resist. Um, but like you said, going to Huntington, 
baiting them, letting them cry at the Dairy Queen in Huntington. Mm-hmm. It just it makes it so much sweeter. Yeah, because I mean, the first game was good, but the second game is where all of the action happened. I mean, of course, my favorite was that block that Bassie had on that Tavion Kinsey, who's like, oh my gosh, that was so Michael. sweet. I I don't know what in the world that man was thinking. He must have a death wish or something. He needs some help. <laughs> he really needs some help. I I know that people are hyping this guy up and saying he could be an NBA draft pick, but you do not. I you do not try to dunk on Charles Bassey. No. Is, we where are you, bro? Have you yeah. paid any attention to college basketball at all? <laughs> I mean. Any place that play, Charles plays at is technically his house. It's not your house anymore. And when you try to think that you can dunk like that and act all hot, it's 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 bad. Just don't do it. I mean, hopefully players will learn from his mistake. But goodness, that was dumb. <laughs> well, I, you know, he was trying to make a name for himself. He thought he would be smart, and he thought he would be cute and all that good stuff. Um well, he made a name for himself, but not in the way that he wanted. <laughs> hey, I'm fine with that. Um, like a uh, pretty close game overall in the first. Um, Western kind of started pulling away, and about 10.05 in the second, Western just kind of hit that accelerator, and that's what you got to do. Yeah, Shop and boys. the thing is, I mean, it was kind of a controversial ending too because uh, it, we were up by three, at the very end, and instead of giving Marshall time to go and try to get a three-up, which is something that a, a Dan Tony uh, coach team would do, they fouled instead of letting them get off a three-point shot attempt. And I want to know what your opinion is on that because, thankfully, I mean, they made the first one, missed the second one, but the, uh, when trying to get the rebound for the second one is when it went out on 31 of Marshall, but they still they ruled it that it was actually Marshall's ball which it clearly wasn't. They showed the replay multiple times, and yet still somehow ended up giving the ball to Marshall with 3.3 seconds left. And it's thankfully, I mean, they didn't get any points to tie it up or even worse, take the lead with that amount of time left. But Conference USA, Todd Stewart, he called them up after that, and he's like, hey, y'all need to take a look at that because there's no way that was correct. And sure enough, they blew the call. And it's a miracle it didn't come back to haunt us like it normally would. Like, I mean, it made me flashback to when uh, Louisiana Lafayette had the six men on the court and ended up winning <laughs> that game. I will never forget that as long as I live. But, I mean, it's just – But here's I mean, my thing. Like, when you when – a, when a ref blows a call like that and it's such a quick judgment call, I do give them props for that. But if you blow a call like that – Man, that is that's devastating. They spent like, like three minutes looking at the replay, and it was clearly off of Williamson or whatever his name was, number yeah. thirty-one for Marshall. Like it was clearly off of him, and yet they still ended up giving the ball to the herds. But I mean, it's Huntington. I, that's what I expect. I don't really have high expectations. For you're going to get a lot of home cooking whenever you're in Huntington. I understand that, but it's at the same time, like I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe they promised them free blizzards at the Dairy Queen. Uh, but See, I, I needed to do an article in the offseason about what the worst time that Western had ever gotten screwed over in a basketball game is. Because the six-man... I can tell you right now. Well, hang on. I know you what you'll probably say, but the ones that I think of are top two was with the Louisiana Lafayette six-man on the court. And also, back in the OVC era... When we played Eastern, I think it was for like in the OVC tournament and it was in Richmond or something. And uh, they ended up letting the clock continue to run out after the play had already happened or something crazy. My dad told me about it, but I know it was an issue with the play clock. Um, I just went blank. Um, I was thinking about back in the 60s when Western was second in the Final Four and it got taken away from us. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like they should appeal the asterisk on the Final Four banner because it's been long enough. I mean, Big Daniels has passed. I mean, we don't have that coach anymore. It's been over 40 years. So why not try to call the NCAA? Oh, it'll be 50 years this year. I'm going to have to do a piece on that. Oh, has it been 50 years? Oh, you're right. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to have to do a piece on that. I'm glad you yes. brought that up. But, uh, 
I mean, they, they need to try to appeal that. If I'm Todd Stewart in the offseason, I might just be like, yo, it's been 50 years. Can you take the asterisk off of our banner, please? Thank you. Because now, I mean, and the rules have changed, too. The rules have changed because now players can actually contact with agents and all of that. And then decide to come back. Uh, you need to, hey, you need to, next time you go to Indianapolis, make a sign and stand outside the NCAA with that on there. Take down our ass. I'll do it, man. <laughs> yes, you should. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know exactly where they are. I mean, it's super. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. You may definitely uh, make a picture of that. <laughs> we'll post it and put it up there. Um, but yeah, Western winning 81-73. Um, as far as, like you said, getting screwed over, I think that is the biggest one because Western, and if you've ever been to Western and go to Diddle Arena, I'm pretty sure they still have the ball from that, one of the basketballs from that game. Yeah, I think so. I think it's on the second floor of Diddle. If you're walking around the, the kind of the arena there on the outside, you can see it. Um but yeah, I think that would be one of the biggest ones because it was one of the biggest moments for Western uh, to make the Final Four. And in that day, they did the round robin, so all four of each other, all four teams played each other. See, um, here's a fun fact for you. Go ahead. Did you, did you know that the men's NCAA uh, national trophy, national championship trophy has been in Diddle Arena before? Really. Yeah, I did not. This was only three years ago when we played Wisconsin. They actually had the NCAA men's tournament trophy in the game that we had Wisconsin. I wish it would have been for the championship because we would have won it. But I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I took some pictures with it and everything. You should have done like all those conservatives did at the Capitol and uh, swiped the trophy <laughs> and just ran off and have it sitting at home with you right now. Um, that would have been really funny. <laughs> but yes, um, no, I, I, you'd like you would just see my terrible handwriting on the little plaque and just write <laughs> Western Kentucky. <laughs> oh, no, I would God. I would have to change it to 2020 though because technically no one can argue that Western Kentucky did not win the national championship in 2020. So <laughs> yeah, that's like one of those I'll die on that hill. Western didn't. Yeah, we would have made it, and, but um, you know we didn't get to play. So like uh, you can't yeah. say that Western Kentucky was not in contention for a national championship that year. No, no, you can't say that because technically they should have been. Uh, but back, let's get back <laughs> on track. Uh, Western won uh, 81-73. So next game, sixty nine sixty seven. Nice. Now, this is the game that I was convinced that we would lose. Yeah, just because it's always the worst one, the second one. But, but we didn't have that extra day of rest. That's important. So, stat-wise, this is where we came in and we came to play. Shooting 63.6% from three. That is crazy. Yeah. I don't know how many threes they took. but Well, it was all Carson Williams. Carson Williams went off. In that second game, he finally found himself again. He had a lot of confidence, and he was out there stroking it from deep. I'm just like, they need to draw up more plays for him to take threes because, honestly, he's a better three-point shooter than some of our guards are. Yeah, <laughs> and that that's actually not a bad thing. Is he playing four or five right now? Uh, mostly four, but when Bassey's off the four, then the five. Man, I was going to say, that would be awesome. You know what? We need, Yeah, yeah, Mr. Hilltopper is uh, laughing at your uh, – comment there <laughs> stroking it from deep uh <laughs> yeah okay so any of you ladies out there listening even though a man ages we're still like 15 at heart we're still dirty minded little people uh but anyway yeah i thought the same thing mr hilltopper i was like yep he just said stroking it from deep um but we're talking about the game western shot 63 percent from the field and three-pointer and 45 from the you know, from field goal. So that, and 42 rebounds over Marshall. I mean, how are you going to beat that? Carson Williams having a great day. And by the way, I said from the very beginning game that I thought Carson Williams was going to be really good. He is an asset to Charles Bassey. Yeah. Because he helps open up Charles and, you know, Charles helps open him up too. Um, and I think that's what Western's been needing. <sighs> so, Mr. COVID, did you watch uh, this game? Yeah, I got to see both of them because it's not like I had anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
hey, it, it happens to the best of us. So what? So what did you think? I mean, the second game was really fun to watch. I mean, I was definitely worried we would probably end up screwing something up. But what is your opinion on the end of the game when we're up three points and instead of letting Marshall get a shot off, the Rick Stansberry told them to foul and just try to have them do two free throws instead? What is your opinion on that? Do you think it's too dangerous or do you think it was the right call? Well, considering they're shooting 77% from free throw, I think that was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I really would have wanted that, honestly. But but what if they made a three instead and then it's a tie ball game instead of just being up by one and then you get the ball again? I mean, there's a lot of what ifs, though. Like, what if a mascot ran on the floor, you know, and blocked the shot? I mean, but I think it's a risk you have to take at the time. And if there is, if they're shooting threes, I think you got to foul. But I don't know. It almost came back. It almost come back to belt us in the butt, which thankfully it didn't. But I mean, it's it's still pretty dangerous. In my opinion, you're either a hero or a goat when you tell somebody that stuff, though. You know, Mm -hmm. so it could have it could have bit him in the ass, really. And you know, we could be looking at a Marshall seventy sixty nine right here. Yeah, but with them shooting twenty four percent from the three point line, I honestly don't know if I would have even told him to foul. Yeah, been like just let them throw it up and we'll get the rebound. But if you look at how the half ended, Tavion Kinsey had that half court three point shot that gave them the lead or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if I would have still trusted it because usually when it comes down to luck, if Western Kentucky needs luck to win a ball game, they will lose ten times out of ten. <laughs> I don't know why we're cursed in that aspect. I mean, We've just been like when we, for years. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> why, but it, I mean, it, yeah, it's so frustrating. It is. It is. But that's part of loving of being a sports fan. All of the good old hypertension I have from watching WKU sports <laughs> my entire life. Hey, you don't need any more hypertension, especially with COVID. Um, uh, yeah. It is nice when the when the ball rolls in our favor, unlike the past few years where we don't have that luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next couple games, Western's going to be playing on ESPN Plus in Murfreesboro, the back fat in Asheville. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing on the 23rd at 5 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. And then on the 24th, it's a 2 o'clock game. Is that a Sunday? It yeah, is. Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday, Sunday, and then, of course, the Sunday game is going to be on the CBS Sports Network. Um, And Western's actually got an 80.5% chance to win. So that's on the second game, 81 on the first game. Yeah, and one thing I had to do on the second game for Marshall is that it was the CBS Sports people like John Rothstein and Tim Doyle. They were calling the game. And Tim, he was talking about an NBA comparison for Charles Bassey. And this man on air for a Western Kentucky broadcast said Mitchell Robinson. And I'm just like, bruh, what are you doing? (laughs) I I called him out on it. And he liked my tweets. And he didn't say it again. But, I mean, as a Pacers fan, I would say that Bassey's more like a Miles Turner. He's a great shot blocker, great big man. He can also shoot from the outside if you need him to. I mean, I mean, obviously the shot blocking is one of what his best abilities. I mean, still gets you your rebounds and stuff in the paint too. But I mean, yeah, I was like, oh God, why would you say Mitchell Robinson? And that's that's somebody that we don't. And the thing about. is, is that they don't even have the same playing styles. I mean, yeah, they get a bunch of blocks, but all Mitchell Robinson has done in the NBA is get like a bunch of blocks, some rebounds, some dunks, and foul out in the same game. But, I mean, Charles is a lot more consistent than Mitchell Robinson is, at least the way that they play and right that's, now. That's so frustrating, though. I mean, and my thing for Mitch is um, that whole thing was just frustrating, you know? Yeah. I get he's a kid, and I get he doesn't, you know, he wants to go, he wants to stay, he wants to go. But that's what you do before you sign with a team. Yeah. You don't just do that whole, Yeah. At least I can tell my future kids that I've had the same amount of career points at WKU as Mr. Robinson. (laughs) That is true. There is a video out there of Jared showing his skills to Western, and it is the funniest thing I've seen. 
Oh yeah, I'm at April Fool's prank. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um so Western's playing MTSU and MTSU is currently in the gutter for Conference USA East. Uh they're one and three, uh three and seven overall. Western's actually towards the top. Uh Abby's home, in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Um so Western's in the top of the conference right now. We're tied with ODU at four and two. Um, so there's always that. Which yeah. if we lose, if we were to inexplicably lose one of these games, I will be so mad because middle is the worst team in the conference USA. They have only won three games this season. I mean, it's a rivalry game to begin with. And I don't think they should, they should have no answer for Charles Bassey in this game. Which I hope that we get to where we're up by 20 points. That way we can let Kozar get some minutes, maybe some more minutes for Asawe and Kylan Milton, let them get some more minutes. But we have to dominate both of these games because if we really want to be serious about making the NCAA tournament and getting a conference title, we cannot afford to lose a game to Middle Tennessee. We just can't. We cannot. Completely agree. You cannot play down to their level. This is the game that Western needs to come out and throw up 100 points, and it doesn't matter what MTSU scores. The biggest blowout win Western Kentucky has ever had was against MTSU, and I think that was when the career high all-time for most points scored by a Hilltopper was like 50-something points. I think it was Clint Haskins and one of those teams. I can't remember. We beat them by like 56, I think. I want to see that kind of beatdown because it 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 would help our Ken Palm a lot. But also, I will never forget when Matt McKay was nice enough to let me sit courtside <laughs> with his family in 2015 or not. It might have been 2016. It was whatever year Middle Tennessee was their best. And I was courtside watching the tops get slaughtered by 30 points on our own court. I am still upset about that. And I want to see some vengeance from that moment because it still has not been avenged yet. We need to absolutely crush their hopes and dreams this weekend. So. We'll end on this thought tonight. So my wife and I were talking the other day, and I know Ross will appreciate this, but here's the here's my question to you and to our listeners. Um, so chime in if you'd like, Mr. Hilltopper. Who is our biggest rival right now across all sports in Conference USA? I mean, if you're going all sports, I think you would have to go Marshall. But, I completely agree with that, and that's what I told her. I, I still think the most underrated rivalry, though, is UAB because that is always an intense game in whatever sport we're playing them in. It's always really close, and there's something that happens to where, like I remember when we lost the first time in Birmingham uh, in the con- when they were hosting the conference tournament by that 10-second violation from Chris Harrison Docks, and we ended up losing that game to them. I was so mad. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was going to be the birth of a rivalry, too, like to the level of what Marshall is now. But, we, of course, them losing their football program, we didn't get to play them in that anymore. So, I mean, I, I think that the UAB one is super underrated. But, obviously, for me, it goes number one, the Moonshine Throwdown, number two, 100 Miles of Hate right now. And then I put UAB maybe at three, but I don't know if we'll even play them in the regular season. I can't remember. I I agree. I will. I'll. I'll completely stand with you by that. And also the whole Mars bar incident too in the eighties, like that was a thing. What was the Mars bars thing? It was when UAB was playing. It was uh, Bartow. Their Gene Bartow was still their coach. We were playing them in Diddle, and someone in the student section threw a Mars bars at the bench for UAB. <laughs> no, that would be the greatest thing to recreate in this modern yes. era. Is yes. you take, no, what you would do is you would take a Snickers and you would throw it at it and be like, you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really That funny. would be the most savage thing on the face of the earth. Like if one of their players has not scored or something like that, just throw them a Snickers and be like, you're not you when you're hungry. Yeah, just you got to have the sign though. So you chuck it at them and they hit, it hits them and they go, what the? And then you just hold the sign. You're I'm, fairly certain, you're hungry. I'm fairly certain you can see that game on the Hilltop Revolt, too. So that's something to yes. look up. If, if anyone gets quarantined like me, go back and look at the old games of the past and all those crazy moments. 
Yes. Again, no, there was another one I was thinking of the other day in football. Do you remember what year it was that we were playing middle in football? I know it was uh, Brom era, I think, that uh, we were doing the second half kickoff, and we did an onside kick instead, but the ball hit one of the middle players straight in the face, and we recovered it. <laughs> do you remember that? No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do, but I don't remember what year it was. Like I don't know why I randomly thought of that. I guess just thinking of Western versus middle <laughs> in different sports. And we came out into the second, the uh, the first half and did an onside kick and hit one of their players straight in the head <laughs> with the onside kick. That is hilarious. I, I need to try to find the video of that just because I was thinking about it. But it is so funny. That is that that is really funny. That's what I, I want. Not, that is I what I want us to do. That. I want us to do that equivalency in basketball this weekend. And you know, talking about the rivalry, I think that the, the I think I think with Stockstill um, coaching at uh, MTSU and their decline over the past few years and everything, I think that has played into the rivalry not being as strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basketball. It was still pretty good when they were a good team. It yeah, was but, fun. but the thing is, is that they were blowing us out. Yeah. Which that's definitely not what you want. I mean, we couldn't even beat middle in basketball, and we absolutely dominate that series all time. I think it's like 90 to 30. Like, we could probably lose the next 50 games against middle and still win the all-time winning percentage against them. Like, that's how much we've dominated them in the past. So that was definitely weird when they were beating us and when they upset Michigan State in the NCAA tournament that year. And honestly, I think the biggest thing, though, for Marshall, though, is that that Marshall game obviously in basketball when we had the shot and it spun out and then of course you know we beat them when they were number twenty five and then of course you know when Westerns you know basically sitting high on the high on the horse you know what was that last year I'm I think not not this past season but the one before and um, Marshall was saying you know t- fans online were saying you know, taking out the trash, blah, 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 you know, blah. And it, I think that just kind of heated me up enough that I'm just like, yeah, it's time for MTSU to take the back seat because Marshall is still one of the, uh, uh, is definitely one of the teams that, you know. Yeah. And the thing that Ross always makes a point with is that at least Marshall's fan base, they're big and they actually really care about their program. I mean, they haven't, Middle Tennessee hasn't gotten any support at all since Kermit Davis left. Yeah, because there's nothing to do in Huntington. I mean, that's my big thing. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do in Huntington? There's nothing there. I mean, at least I mean, go to Applebee's. Oil. They'll go to yeah. Applebee's. Go to the Applebee's. Go to the Dairy Queen. Um, but, like, still, there's nothing to do in, you know, in Huntington. But, I mean, they still if you're in Murfreesboro. Yeah, I have a very fun. supportive uh, alumni base. That's why it really makes a big difference. And honestly, like I've seen a few stickers of people that went to MTSU. I've heard people talk about their kids going there, but like for the most part, it's not as big a deal as somebody from Marshall or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't feel like MTSU people are as vocal about their alumni ship as people who went to Marshall. Mm-hmm. But I digress. So. Women play on the 23rd at 7 p.m. at Diddle. The game's on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, they play on the... Where did that game go? Anyway, they play on the 24th. They play on the 24th at 2 or 3 o'clock. Yeah, I just found the tab I missed. Okay. All right. Anyway, so the women play again. They're going to be on ESPN+. Plus again. All right. This is crap. Here we go. How many tabs do you have pulled up? Like 70? No, I've got four. I just can't okay. keep up with the four I've got. Um, <laughs> so they play on the 22nd. Uh, they play on the 22nd at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. And then they play on the 23rd at 7 p.m. So basically 24 hours later, they're going to be playing MTSU again. This is a win, a must-win game for Western um, with MTSU being at the top of the conference in the East. Um, yeah, I've got ADHD. I swear I cannot keep up with some things. Uh, but if you've got a young girl, if you don't have a young girl and you don't have anything to watch or you're sitting at home with COVID, watch the Lady Toppers play. Support the Lady Tops. Okay, then the men will be playing at Murfreesboro on ESPN Plus 
starting at 5 o'clock on the 23rd. And then they will play again at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, the 24th. And that'll be on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, so check both of those out. And is it kind of ironic that these games are like flip-flops? Like, yeah. like men's is at the top, women's is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, middles guys are at the bottom, middles girls are at the top. Well, I mean, usually with our basketball, I mean, we're still pretty good. I'm not saying we're not good. I'm just saying the I mean, The lady tops are having an off year, and middles men's basketball program is in shambles still. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of the reality of this year. Yeah, and I mean, I can understand that, though. But uh, anyway, so uh, like, share, and subscribe to the episode. We appreciate your support. Uh, if you have questions or anything, or if you'd like to talk to us, you can get on Podbean on uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. Send in your questions like Mr. Hilltopper does. Uh, we'd if be you glad need quarantine there. advice, hit me up. Yes, if you need quarantine advice, hit him up. Um, Jared uh, talks about basketball games when we're not on here, and it usually involves uh, deep strokes, stroking <laughs> it from deep. That's it. That's what it was. You've never heard that. I have heard that so often. Yes, yes, I have, but I, like a 15-year-old kid who's just learned about sex i think it's still hilarious um but anyway (laughs) um but yeah appreciate you all check out the men's and women's playing this weekend girls is at seven on the 23rd 22nd and 23rd and the guys is on the 23rd and 24th and yes mr hilltopper it's still hilarious uh but as always guys go tops go tops